What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talk Sports. And in this week's episode, we discuss the NBA playoffs and we touch on the NFL draft. So please stop in and give a listen to this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Another lovely Wednesday spring evening. I'm here with my boys, Al E. What's good, brothers? What's good? Uh, doing well. It's uh, it's a nice it was a nice spring day the last two days, and the weather is great. So uh, I guess I'm about ready to gotta clean off the grill and get some new grill plates and start getting getting the grilling. We need you to it. <laughs> <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> say, sure you did. Sure you did. Sure you did. Now I'm just, I'm just. The weather was nice. Got a good chance to get some exercise walking, so ready to get this started. Yeah, same here. You know, having a dog. You know, I get my walk in every day. Sometimes twice. Sometimes I'm lucky. I get three times. So you know, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> so when we talk spring, we talk warmer weather. We're talking NBA playoffs. And we have some teams that went ahead and advanced to the second round. We have Boston that went ahead and took care of Indiana. Uh, we had a, a, a Brooklyn beatdown. Uh, I don't even know who. I can't even think of who played them, but they just got their ass. Sixers. Yeah, there we go. Sixers just whooped that ass, you know, pretty much. And then, and then we had a, a Portland OKC that had all the drama – and all of the fanfare of a series that you thought that would go seven. And uh, Dame Dollar went out there and silenced all the critics and took it down and wrapped the, uh, the series up in five games. So let's start right there with OKC in Portland. What do you guys take away? Well, my takeaway was Dame Dollar. Uh, he might get a couple more of those Hulu, uh, Hulu ads where he's shooting out the dollar bills out the guns. Uh, <laughs> he, he was rained on him. He dropped, what, 50 on him? 51, yeah. 51 excuse me. Um, my takeaway is that Damian Lillard, um, probably, I don't want to say very underrated, but not as thought of as some of the other um, point guards in the league. To me, he outplayed the hell out of Russell Westbrook. Even though Russell Westbrook did have a very controlled game, but um, I think that uh, Damian Lillard was one. I always thought he was good and just never got enough recognition that he should have. This series, especially last night in that last shot that he hit, um, you know, Paul George can call that a bad shot all he want, but to me, he, he deliberately <laughs> walked the ball down, got to his spot, hit the jumper, wasn't falling, wasn't doing anything, wasn't a luck. That was a that was a shot that he hit something similar to that earlier in the game, almost around the same distance. But I mean, I mean, something's up with OKC. This mix with them doesn't work, and it's given more credence to the fact of why Kevin Durant took his show to Golden State. You know, there's so many talk about that um, you can't have Russell Westbrook as your first option. Um, Paul George is was there. Some people want to say, well, his shoulder was hurt. And that's a legitimate gripe. But even still, I mean, this is the time where, you know, somebody got to step up. And they need something more 
than what they have. Um, give me something more than just Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George. I mean, when you get past the triple doubles and you look at his scores and his shot selections, which is not that good, and the shooting percentage was not that good all you know all series, and be perfectly honest, all season, he's he's a he's a good volume shooter when he's hitting it, but he's a bad volume shooter when he's not because he just keeps shooting, keeps jacking, and it just takes the air out of the entire offense. His motion is his. There's his benefit to him, but it's also is his liability because he gets out the game and he goes, oh, it's going to be me against this person, going to be me against that person, going to be me against Damian Lillard. And he's shooting shots and screaming, coming down the court, beating his chest. Damian Lillard just shoots his shot. It goes down, ready to play defense. And then when it comes to crunch time, if that shot wasn't a killer assassin shot, I don't know what was. That was – that was a uh, Mamba style. <laughs> that was that was a cold-blooded black Mamba Kobe Bryant type shot. Um. Okay. Um. And the only reason why I'm 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 gonna take a different approach is because um I'm, I was listening to NBA Sports Radio about this roughly the whole day. And someone made a, a very, very interesting point. And start off with Portland. Um, they was very much in control of this whole series. And it's funny because even though there was a lot of drama, the backlash, the talking going on, you know, it was – it didn't seem as much. It just built up to something more. But I think that overall the series was Portland's to lose. And they definitely controlled this series from from first from game one to um, four and five, I believe. And I think that it was just a telling tale. Um, let's give credit where credit is due. Portland play, outplayed them. Dame Leonard, C.J. McCollum, they was hitting tough shots back to back, and not just in this final game. They was hitting tough shots all throughout this whole series. Um, I thought Enos Cantor played a big part in this with um, Nurkic going down. Um, and what made it even interesting because this past game, he was playing with a separated shoulder and he didn't even, they didn't know. So kudos to Enos Cantor. Actually, and it's funny because Enos Cantor was saying, first I'd like to thank the New York Knicks for <laughs> letting me stay at, you know, for dropping me and giving me the opportunity to play with the Portland Trailblazers. And I'd like to thank all the other teams that didn't want to pick me. And, <laughs> you know, so his, Speech was, was, was amusing. Um, that, it was funny that he blamed the Knicks. Thank the Knicks, I'm sorry. But all in all, Portland is a much better team. They got much better shooting cash, much better bench, um, better shooter um, than OKC. OKC doesn't have any shooter. And this is going back to what the problem is with OKC. And it's funny, and like I said, somebody mentioned this to, on NBA radio that I thought was kind of interesting. They're saying the problem with OKC is that with Russell Westbrook, you get this guy a lot of money, you pay for him. This whole thing with um, – it just seems as though that for whatever reason, Russell Westbrook needs to act like he's the main person. He's the go-to guy. He's the person that needs to take every shot. Um, even though you have Paul George there, and he said, as a matter of fact, they said it started back with Kevin Durant. The problem was, was that, you know, if Kevin Durant was hot, like shooting, making like five out of the next six shots, 
it felt as though that Russell Westbrook needed to go back and take three or four shots to get as hot as well. It was a lot more, if he's doing it, I should be doing this as well. And that's been like the Achilles heel. So many people thought that that was the reason why, one of the reasons why Kevin Durant left, because he's like, yo, why are you trying to chuck up shots if I'm the hot, if I have the hot hand or if I'm on a hot shooting streak, yo, let me ride, ride that, you know, ride that. But, you know, it felt as though Russ was in competition with his own team. And this seems like it was the same thing this series as well, because Paul George was doing, he had 36 points. He was shooting 14 from 20 from the field. He was basically like the Paul George, the MVP Paul George that everybody was going to vote for this year. And it seems as though that every time that was going where Paul George was, was pretty much the go-to guy, it seems as though Russell Westbrook wanted to challenge that and say, you know, I could do this too. So he's up there chucking up shots. And now, you know, they, he may miss three or four shots in a row, which makes it a, 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 a eight to 10 point swing to the other team, to Portland. Um, so it was a lot of debate about that, but it was a very interesting concept because it just validates what a lot of people was talking about as far as Russell Westbrook is concerned. Like, yeah, you can get one game out of him where he's the man and he proves it. You know, he pumping his chest. You know, the whole Dennis Schroeder rocking the baby and mocking Dame Leonard, you know, this whole thing, you get one game out of it. But Portland was in control of that whole series, and they was not deterred. They could have went back and forth with OKC, but they didn't. And at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook didn't lead the team to victory. It was basically now they're out of the playoffs again because a lot of people feel as though Russell Westbrook is trying to do way too much when he should be deferred. Now, they're saying he was more of a deferrent now than he was in the past, but when it came to the playoffs, it just seems as though he was old Russell Westbrook shooting up shots, not making a lot of them, and ended up having 11 for 31 shots. Like, you had 31 shots, the most out of your team, 31 shot attempts, only making 11, four from 11 from three-point range. Like, if it's not working, you as the main guy got to say, I got to defer the ball. Terrence Ferguson only got one shot in 31 minutes, and he's a starter. So there's it's a lot of problems behind the OKC, how they play. The offense is not just quite there yet. They're one of the top defensive teams in the league, but the offense needs to be more free-flowing, and it's not. And you have two players that's pretty much taking the bulk of the shots. It's not going to help the other teammate. They don't have shooting. No one there is a, a, a threat on three-point range outside of Paul George. And that's alone is a problem. And that needs to be addressed in the offseason. So so do you think that the core that you have, I mean, obviously based on the money that they have invested in uh, Westbrook and Paul George, can't afford OKC to go out there and get a third, a third option. So do you think that maybe changing the coach might have something to do with it? Maybe because Billy Don, you know, Billy Donovan allows them to go out not them, but allows Westbrook to go out there and just does what he wants to do. Do you think maybe getting rid of, you know, getting a new coach and installing a new type of offense will help propel OKC to the next level? That's an option. I don't think that's that that would be the, the fix of it all because, like I said, it's a lot more problems than that. I mean, Westbrook's play style of play. I mean, I don't know who's going to get in there to make him adjust his style of play. He'll do it for a few games, 
you know, maybe a few weeks, but he can't, he just can't do it for like the whole season. He can't do that. What requires him to dial it back. Just like you said, 31 shots. He was 11 for 31, four for 11 behind the three point arc. I mean, 31 shots. You got 29 points. That's a triple double, but it took you 31 shots to get there. So, um, to me, they need shooters. Um, they need a lot of shooters to kind of go with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And he's the triple doubles are nice, but sometimes you need, you need to play within the flow of the game and the flow of the offense. And he a lot lots of times lets his emotion gets the best of him and operates outside of the offense, which he starts jacking up shots, and then everybody else is kind of acquiescing to him and Paul George, you know, in this series did a lot of acquiescing to him. But during the regular season, he really wasn't. He wasn't deferring that much. And they was had a pretty good record. The defense was good. But once he, like I said, like you said, Al, he just has to make sure he everyone knows he's a man. And his style of play just reflects that. And then it's a big shift. That's why they went on what like a, a ten game, almost ten game losing streak at one point. It went from being what uh, the top, what top three or, or the third team in the, in the West down to like the bottom or at the end of the pack. So it's, that's no, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's something you can't just ignore, but you can get a new coach in there, but as Westbrook's mentality of how he plays the game is can anybody get him to adjust that? And right now he's been playing that way for so long, the triple doubles and everything got him, you know, the MVP. I don't know how you, change it now be now that he's been you know this long playing the way that he is yeah uh, to be honest uh, changing the coach won't change what's the Westbrook I think they gave him so much freedom there like even the owners is like letting a lot of stuff slide like his whole issue with the media and everything like that should have been dropped a long time ago but you know it's still going on to this day so I think he has a lot of freedom I think he needs really to just I don't think a coaching change will matter at this point. I think that what it needs to be done is someone has to dial it back and ring them back in. That's really what it is. The question who, I can't answer that. But definitely someone needs to ring them back in. And think of something different than what they're doing now because their offense is not going anywhere as long as he's the number one option and he's not deferring to, like, Paul George or anybody else. It's For whatever reason, it just seems, though, that he doesn't trust them his teammates outside of Paul George. Do you, do you think things would have, might have been different if they kept Melo? If they kept who? Melo. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm, they're better with Jeremy, uh, with Grant in the starting role than Carmelo Anthony. Because Grant is a better defensive player. Um, so, and Mello would never regulate to that bench, not to that bench. True, 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 true. Now, he did in Houston, but not with OKC's bench. Um, okay, well, with that being said, um, do you see any surprises or anything out of the ordinary that you didn't expect will come out of the first round? Uh, of these playoffs? Not really. I mean, so far, everything's kind of playing out as much as it did. Um, 
I think Houston's probably going to – they're winning right now against um, against Utah. They should be able to wrap that series up. Um, Golden State, as long as they don't have one of those, you know, take the foot off the gas pedals. Actually, the series should have been over already. They shouldn't have lost that game when they were up 31 points. But, you know, they should wrap it up tonight. I think they will because they don't want to, you know, have this thing linger on because the longer this goes, who knows what's going to happen. But so far, I don't think anything has really happened – in my opinion, crazy yet. <laughs> but we'll see come round two. There's definitely going to be some good matchups come come round two. Yeah, I agree. Um, didn't ha- I mean, everything seems to be the status quo, what I, I um, thought was going to happen. Um, I agree with you about the Warriors-Clippers series. I didn't think they, should have lo- they shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost that game. Um, but kudos to the Clippers who are getting that win. Um, I kind of expected Houston to, to to sweep Utah too, but then again, I expected Utah to at least get one game. So it's kind of good that they got that one game off of their chest. Um, outside of that status quo, very interesting in the Denver-San Antonio because it's just showing me what Denver is doing, and if they can progress forward, they're going to be a tough out as well. Um, so, but everything else is status quo. Looking forward to the second round, definitely more so than the first round matchups. So, if you both had to sit there and predict who will come out of the West and who will come out of the East based off of what you've seen in the first round, who would you predict to represent the West and who would you predict to represent the East? Try it out. Well, I mean, first things first. Um, so there's four teams out of the East. You have Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Philly. I think that – I think the Milwaukee-Boston is going to be – I think both series is going to be a tough series. Um, but I also see Toronto definitely coming out um, of against that series with Philadelphia. I take that back. Tobias Harris is going to be the X factor because without him – I think it's going to be – Philly's going to have a difficult matchup with Toronto. If Tobias Harris plays to the potential that he has, I could honestly see both series, both Milwaukee and Boston and both Toronto and Philly series going at least six or seven games. Easy. Um, but I have – I have Milwaukee, and I – it's a toss-up between Philly and Toronto, so I'm going to go on a limb and say Toronto because I think Philly is just still too a little bit too – they're not mature enough for me yet. So I'm going to say Toronto. I'm going to say Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. And to me, that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. Yeah, that's kind of hard to tell right now. I think um, – I'm still not sold on the Bucks yet. I mean – I don't know, just something about them. I just can't really, I can't get on board just yet. I mean, um, I need to see a little bit more from, like I said last week, I need to see them get tested. Um, I think they're going to get their feet put to the fire um, this next, you know, this next matchup with the um, Boston Celtics. So this definitely will be a good matchup. Um, I think that this has, I think this is probably going to go seven, six or seven. Um I don't know. I might say Boston comes out of this one. Ooh, okay. 
think Boston has the experience. Boston has Kyrie. I think I think the Bucks have the better player, but I think they have the the Celtics have the better closer. And I think if these games get down tight during the stretch, that's where I think you're going to see just how good the Bucks are. Um, so I think I'm going to I'm leaning towards Boston in either six or seven. Um, Philly. Philly's not for sure yet. They should lose to Toronto, but I'm not 100% certain that they will lose to Toronto. I agree with that. And that's why I said it's a toss-up right now because I think everything at this point is all balanced out. It's going to be a, a long series for both both sides, whether it's Milwaukee, Boston, or Toronto, and um, Philadelphia. It's going to be a long series. Yeah. They both have the potential of going of going at least six. Yes, I agree with that. Well, I still stand firm with my Milwaukee, Toronto, Eastern, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and I think I think it's weird that Giannis and Giannis will make it to the to the finals. Um, until proven otherwise, you still have to roll with Golden State, but I still believe that uh, Houston has that opportunity to knock them off. And that's going to be a that's going to be a great series, Houston and Golden State. Second round, you can't get no better than that. Winner of that round, the winner of that that second round, will make it to the NBA Finals. Agreed. I don't have no trust in whoever comes out of Denver and Portland or San Antonio and Portland. I just don't have no trust in that yet. So, I think it's going to be. Well, I think it's going to be Denver. Say it again. I think it's going to be Denver. Really? Uh, over over um, Portland. No, I think if, if Denver – hold up. Denver won, right? Denver is, is leading three games to two over San Antonio. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna close that. They're going to win that series, in my opinion. And, and if they win that series, they pay Portland. I'll take Portland. Hmm. And Portland still got to play the winner between Houston and, uh, and Golden State. I think Portland makes it to the Western Conference Finals. I think I agree with you. I think the winner of Houston and Golden State is your is going to be a Western Conference representative. That's actually the Western Conference Finals right there, in my opinion. Um, neither uh, I don't see Portland beating Houston. I really don't see them beating Golden State. I think they probably have a better shot against Houston as long as they can keep you know hard and contained, but. If you have a game where you have with Golden State, and it's, it's ridiculous, we have a game where you have Steph Curry not shooting that well, but then you get 30-something from Durant, and you get 30-something from Klay Thompson. It's like, what the – I mean, one one has a bad game, another person steps right up in, in, in the jump. The shit keeps rolling. It's like – when they're all hitting, <laughs> it's a wrap. So, like I said, until – until proven otherwise, you gotta you have to assume Golden State is coming out. But I believe that uh, Houston, you know, with uh, the beard, uh, uh, no beard. That's what you really need. You know, <laughs> you got the point guard. You see, you got McC uh, not uh, the hell's dude's name. Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's the X factor. If Chris Paul is healthy and plays his butt off, that's going to be the person that's going to be the deciding factor in this series. I don't even think it's Chris Paul. I think it's the other cat. Um, Austin Rivers? 
No. No, the uh, on on the Rockets. Yeah, six man. Um, oh, Eric Gordon. Yes, I think he'd be the deciding factor. Because uh, I mean, yes, we all know that uh, Chris Paul and uh, and Harden is you know the one two. But if Eric Gordon come out there and start knocking down them threes and start doing what he's doing that he's doing in the first round, I think. I think that would be enough that I think it would go seven. I think that would be enough to kind of propel them because he, the juggernaut that's Golden State, you can only hope to slow him down. You know, because just like you said, you know, one has a bad game, but then you have Durant and somebody else coming out there and scoring 32. So you can only hope that all four, you know, all three or all four don't ever have a super great game and have a super great series because if that's the case, then they're just going to roll through the rest of the playoffs because they're all playing up to par. So. Uh, we'll see. Like I said, even Houston, I'll see it when I believe it. You know, it's like this is this is going to be hard time. If he loses another series and he comes up small, he's going to be put right in that same realm with, with Westbrook. Wait, who? who if who? I said if Harden, if Harden comes up small in this come and he, he comes up small and he loses in this series, he's gonna be put kind of almost in that same box as Westbrook. Yeah, I I, I I would agree with you on that. For different reasons, but they'll put him in that same where you can't win with him as your first option. And then you can't sit there and say, Well, he you know, he took twenty four shots and he missed his first eighteen. And then you can't look at Westbrook and say he took 18, you know, he took 24 shots, but he made 11 or 24. You can't, you can't justify the two. Yeah. It's the same thing. He missed a hell of a lot of damn shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Harden is definitely carrying his team. Um, that's why he's in talks the conversation of MVP this year. But, you know, it's it, – this Houston and Golden State series, I think these second round matchups is going to be very, very fantastic. Yes, yes. Bottom line. <laughs> Bottom line. You taking it back to the early 90s there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <Fantastic>, baby. <laughs> you know, the first round matchups with all the fights and stuff going on, the drama behind it, it made it a little bit more exciting because right? everything else was really, for the most part, boring. You know, Brooklyn is trying to be a bunch of thugs. And, uh, well, no, let's not get that. Let's don't get it twisted. Brooklyn was trying to be kept their composure. <laughs> okay, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Sorry. All right. All right. But I blame I blame I blame Jared Dudley for going out there popping it, you know, popping his lips. And then, you know, he had to he had to back it up somehow of it, and it backfired. <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. He wasn't lying about, you know, Ben Simmons' game in the half court. I mean, it was one thing when you run it down and do a transition. In a half court game, you said he was average. He wasn't necessarily lying. I mean, without a proven jumper, what kind of half court game do you got? Well, let's go back. Before we get to that aspect, let's go back to Joel Embiid. All jokes aside, like, that's where it all began. And I'm not going to 
you know, talk about, I'm not going to be biased or anything like that, but that's where everything started. And I'm going to be honest, from a Brooklyn Nets stand, fan standpoint, I thought it was very interesting because you never seen Brooklyn play with enough toughness before. So it was very interesting to see how they was going to respond. Of course, they didn't respond well enough for them to win games three and four. But my thing was is that it's the first time they've ever been challenged like that, at least from what I saw. So I was interested to see that how was they going to respond, especially with the Sixers doing, you know, being the Sixers, if they was going to really actually compete hard enough, play physical, what their game plan was. And wherever it was, it didn't work, especially in game five. So, yo, I mean, like the first two minutes of the game, I was like, it's over. Like, <laughs> you, I'm like, I'm looking at it, it was like, nah, I'm not even going to watch the rest of this. It's, it's over. It's over. <laughs> I mean, but they did, I mean, show some people uh, a path of, be- of beating them. I mean, when they were getting physical with them and really getting up in them, um, Philly was getting frustrated. And that's when the immaturity was starting to set in. I mean, you can easily get Jimmy Butler riled up and off his game. Um, Joel Embiid is a very big instigator and always wants to be like, I didn't do anything. But you can darn sure get Jimmy Butler riled up. And I think if you get him riled up and off his game, um, a little bit of physical, you know, physicality, I, nah. That's that's where I think you can really test this team. Yeah, but Brooklyn got sucked in right with that. I mean, I get the fact that you know, with, you know, everybody has their 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 style, their antics, so to speak. But it was funny that the fact that the one person that got beat up the most in Jared Allen didn't even respond. Like <laughs> he kept his composure straight through the whole playoff series. Everybody else is coming in defending him and getting either fined or suspended for it, whether it was Jared Dudley, whether it was Sean Marks, whether it was Joe Society owner. Like, everybody got had some – like, Sean Marks had no business going into the referee's locker room after the game. Like, you, you just can't do that. But it did bring up an interesting point that the stats brought up the fact that in the Brooklyn Nets lead in the most non-calls by the referees. And they showed a list of comparison, and Brooklyn leads that, like – Every non-call, like fouls or anything that doesn't go their way, they lead in that. And it's been a lot. It was a lot of talk, especially in the Brooklyn Forum, about how we like Spencer Dinwiddie was saying it was confirming it the other t- other day that we just don't get the calls that anybody else would get, a superstar would get. Like any other time, of uh, Joel Embiid would do something like that. If it was somebody on the Nets or any other team, you know, they would get a flagrant two and get immediately ejected. But Joel Embiid does it, and he just gets a flagrant one and stays in the game. So it was a lot of arguments. I'm, I'm not even going to go back and forth with that. Philadelphia basically won the series hands down. Like, it was no effort in game five. And I'm not going to blame the antics of what Philly did on the lack of performance, what Brooklyn did. And so, and I'm, I'm you know, me being a Brooklyn fan, I could call them out. Like, there was no effort. There was no response to it. So if you come out in the first uh, game five of an elimination game and you're down by 18 to 20 points in the beginning of the first quarter, that shows you ain't had no effort whatsoever. And I can't, you know, bottom line, I give Philadelphia tons of credit. They did what they needed to do to close out the series. I got to respect that. Now it's time to move on. Yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. I couldn't say it better myself. Well, I know, wow, we really dived into this whole NBA playoffs and we haven't even 
scratch the surface on the uh, NFL draft. Uh, tomorrow starts the uh, the NFL pack weekend of the, of the draft for 2019. All of the first round is tomorrow, so I'm sure all of us will be glued to our TVs to see how our respective squads will sit there and pick selections really quick because I know we're hitting up on some time. But uh, let's just go based on our particular team and needs. Uh, I know, Al, you don't have a particular team per se, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll piggyback. We'll start with Earl and, you know, the Giants and their multiple needs, and they just pretty much need every damn thing. So what do you think? All the pundits seem to be – they're picking a QB at number six, but what do you really think they're going to do? I wish, wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I have – right now I have – <laughs> I think they need a QB. I don't think they particularly – they're not in love with any QB at the moment. Um, I don't think they, they – I think they like like them, but they don't really have one that really – I got to get. Um, unless they're playing – unless um, the GM um, – He's playing it really close to the vest and throwing out smoke screens. And if it is, this is a great game of poker that he's playing. My guess is they're probably going to go with um, a DB with the sixth pick, um, Josh Allen, uh, as I'm hearing, um, or Ed Oliver um, from Houston. Um, most likely Josh Allen if he's there. Um, then I think they'll come back to the 16th pick with a QB. And if Dwayne Haskins is there, which depending on who's talking, he may or may not be there, um, then they may go with the kid from Duke. Um, they could go with Drew Lockett. I don't know. It's – it's. I don't – this time last year, you knew specifically they were going to go for Saquon Barkley. I, they weren't going to go for Sam Darnold once they reinserted Eli Manning back into the starting lineup. They basically told everybody, this is who we're riding with. So they just couldn't go back and just – they should. They should have. But they couldn't for them to save face and go back and say, well, we were wrong. They were right. We're getting Sam Darnold. They kind of almost forced themselves to get Saquon Barkley, who was good. Everything predicted so far. But right, like I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, even though I, like you said, I don't really have a team per se, but I really thought that I, I really think that from what I'm hearing up here that um, Josh Allen is going to be taken by Jets before it get, they, they may they may be looking for at Josh Allen. Oh, the uh, the pass rusher. Yeah, um, the, I think the Jets is looking at them hard at him hard. Um, so I would not be surprised if they take him in the third in the third with the third pick overall. Um, it's just something that, because when you said Josh Allen, I'm like, that would be interesting. Um, because I, I definitely, from what I'm hearing talks is that they're looking at Josh Allen. Might be right. speculation and rumors, but this is what I heard. Well, uh, for the Niners, uh, uh, the rumor or the selection is probably Nick Bosa, but um, I don't know. I don't tend to follow the the script all that well. I do know that the Niners could tend to 
they could use some offensive help, uh, offensive line help. But uh, it's very rare that you sit there and see an NFL team take an offensive line that damn high in the draft. Um, but it wouldn't shock me either if the Niners decided to trade back and probably still get a dominant defensive player and still get the offensive lineman that they need because uh, they come at both and uh, kind of move forward. So who knows? I, I, I just know that I hope to be home by 7 o'clock so that I can have my vittles is ready. I can have my, my poison of choice ready. And I make sure that all my apps and everything are ready. So when I sit down here in this tear basement and I blast that, doo, 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 you know what I'm saying? Or if I decide to go to the NFL Network, I will be in capable hands to sit there and say, oh, my God, I can't believe XYZ picked this. You know, because I, I don't think – it's this tiresome to hear all the draft pundits and all these people who sit there and say, this person ain't this, this person ain't that. <clears throat> but they have no idea who the people for these particular squads and what they're trying to attract and what they you know what the potential needs are. So I guess this is some great fodder to sit there and kind of clutter, clutter the air between the time when all the bowl games are over until pro day and until the actual draft. And I'm just tired of hearing that crap. I just want to see what the teams are going to do and how they're going to move forward. Here's my question. Is everybody going to be on tomorrow on social media <laughs> um, when the draft, NFL draft starts? I sure will be. They probably will be. Uh, this, uh, this is going to be interesting. I mean, like you said, I mean, San Francisco could, could uh, move down. I know – there's been more talk that the Redskins um, want to want a QB, um, possibly want to go after Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Haskins. So they might be in the market to move up uh, either to the number two or three spot. I mean, San Fran, they could move down and get a King's ransom from the Redskins. The Redskins is liable to give up a lot. They did it for um, they did it for RG three. I'm surprised yeah. they still got picks <laughs> left. Right, right, right. I think there's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of moves is going to be made, um, more so than what it was last year. I think that there's going to be a lot of movement going on, and there's going to be some surprises, I believe, as well. I think there's going to be trades. There's going to be probably trades. There's probably going to be trades between the, between one and ten. And I think, and I think that's going to be the most movement in. Do you think Kyler Murray goes top ten? Or better yet, do you think Kyler Murray is going to Arizona? I see the owners giving it to go. To go, yes. I, yeah, you brought in a new a new coach. You want to get his quarterback in there to run his offense. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that any squad is willing to pay the price that they want for Rosen. Um, I think they're going to keep Rosen, too. And to me, that would be kind of ridiculous just because. No, but what I'm saying is I agree with what you're saying in regards to no team is going to, you know, I think that it's going to be to a point where it's going to take a little bit longer. I don't think it's going to be a right-of-way approach where 
Josh, I mean, Rosen gets traded immediately. I think it's going to be, it's going to take a while. Maybe a couple of months or two down the road or right before the beginning of the season. But I have a feeling that it's not going to be a quick fix and Rosen going to be gone like anytime soon. Well, Rosen's best, uh, I think his best asset would be to do it now, would be to do it either right before the draft or, or you know, over the draft weekend. Once you get past the draft, everyone's basically going to have their rosters really set. So no one's really – you're not getting – at that point, you ain't getting the hill of beans for him at that particular point. Right. Um, so your best option is if they take Kyler Murray, either someone's going to trade up to, you know, or no. If they take Kyler Murray, they're probably going to move him to someone that needs a quarterback now that – it's been rumored the Giants said they'll give up their second their, um, their second round pick. I think that's probably the best offer that they're going to get right now at this particular point. Um, if they don't, then once you get to the second round, you're not you're probably not going to get a second round pick or anything of good significance. The longer you wait, the less value is going to get for trading, and a lot of people are kind of holding out because. They're looking at it like, well, you guys just drafted him. You moved up to get him at the number 10 pick last year. And now you're going to give him one year. You didn't really give him much assets around him and really, you know, maximize, you know, his talent-wise. Right after the first first year, you want to take, you know, Kyler Murray, which are your first-round pick. You know, so it's like now they're looking at like, well, what's really wrong with him? Now, there are some people that kind of want him, but they're you're not getting a first-round pick for him. Exactly, because they thought they reached for him last year. You know, it was obvious. I mean, they last year, you know, you had the top five quarterbacks, and they just they were just hell bent to make sure that all five quarterbacks were in the first round. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, it's about that time, fellas. Um, I to sit here and possibly I'm not going to make any speculations, but we. You never know. We might just jump on somewhere uh, mid-round and throw out a few comments and uh, kind of post it. Maybe not. You never know. But you may have to just wait till Wednesday to see our analysis about how we feel about the, the NFL draft. Hey, I watched, the first, I watched the first round up until the Giants pick. After that, everything else is uh, – <laughs> everything else is secondary. <laughs> Fairweather fan you are. Fairweather. <laughs> hey, I'm a Giants fan. Remember? <laughs> You got to know how OBJ, uh, how this affects your whole draft. I was about to say that. <laughs> First round picks. Uh, I don't know. It remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, once again, you know, the draft is tomorrow, so we'll be all sitting here just waiting to just see how things were out pan out. But for those of us, you know, who will be – Send out messages and our social media platforms while this is going on. Tell tell folks where they can reach you at. You can reach me on the corner of um, Leland and Seventh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can reach me um, on Twitter, Snapchat, um, Jiggy Ross, number seven. And you can find me at Brave. I mean, no, um, I'm sorry. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> you can find oh, me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
first Fridays. Um, you can find me on <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at catdaddy one nine six three. That's catdaddy one nine six three. Well, fellas, once again, another Wednesday. Very excited to see how the draft got to shape up and how some of these playoff series is going to kind of wrap up and move on to the second round. I know next week we'll have a giant, a, a jam-packed episode just discussing everything that's kind of going on. But for those of you out there, feel free to hit us up. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what we're doing right. Any comments, suggestions, we take it all. So please, reach out, show some love. And we, we definitely love you guys. So with that being said, thank you. Till next week, till another episode of the Guys Talking Sports. We want to say peace. And the Niners, hope you go out there and do the right thing with the number two pick. Trade down. Nick Bosa ain't really good. I'm sure you can do better. Don't forget to watch Avengers Endgame this weekend. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo!